0: Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. So whilst we were in Portland, you hand-delivered your latest product for me
1: yes the the material the uh, mysterious material dock um, yeah and then we <laughs> we launched it on the plane ride home <laughs> let's <laughs> talk thought? about this let's talk about this you see so
0: what was meant to happen here
1: well first let's just for the listener out there the material dock is um, a series of docks for apple stuff so one of them is like an iphone just for your iphone a simple dock and then the other one is a combo dock for the apple watch and the iphone um and they adjust to fit your case uh or if you get a different phone they're like really adjustable but also really simple and they're made out of walnut and molded cork um so that's kind of the gist of them and we had been we've been working on these for Nine months, (laughs) like a really long time. And this was the project project we've kind of mentioned that just like we thought was going to come out in like February or March. And it's just like has not. Uh, And so we finally got it out the door um, and we were planning on uh, releasing it a little bit earlier in the summer. But then after talking to you, Mike, you were like, "Mm, maybe you guys release it like right near the Apple Uh, phone event because we only had to wait a couple weeks to do that and so we we thought about it some and decided that was the way to go so we had planned on launching it on tuesday on this tuesday like the 13th yeah
0: because my thinking was you shouldn't release it beforehand even though we all knew that the design of these products was going to remain the same because people may have held off buying them for the fear of that that something was going to change and it wouldn't fit anymore
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and that made like a lot of sense to us so we decided to hold off and we were trying to time it where we would have them like in the warehouse ready to ship so that you could order, you know order a new iphone and then in a couple days order the you know a, a dock and it would like arrive at the same time as your iphone like roughly or a little bit before and i i think that i mean that should happen uh for the people who order like the first day or so so that's that's fun that's cool
2: yeah, or if you're not getting your iPhone because it's backward till November, then you'll definitely receive
0: it before you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> You had a kind word with the folk over at Apple and asked them to push the ship date out for you a little bit.
2: Yeah. That's <laughs> right.
1: That's right. So, but yeah, so like we had planned on Tuesday, um, but then uh, yeah, when Dan was in the air flying and I would, had just landed in Denver uh, in a layover. He was like, "Oh, the docs are on product hunt. Somehow, maybe we should just release them today." So we like kind of scrambled. And we, it, the good thing is, we had like prepared everything before XOXO, so we didn't really have to do anything besides push a button or two. But um, so that was kind of like a little bit unexpected. But I'm actually glad. I'm actually think glad that we did that because all of the iOS 10 like what came out and the review embargoes like lifted on Tuesday. So there was a ton of noise, like press noise in the Apple world on Tuesday. So it's probably actually good. We got in on Monday. That's kind of my thinking. Uh, Dan and I haven't really talked about that, but that's, I think it was actually probably a good thing.
0: Yeah. I think retroactively thinking back, like looking back, Monday is the better date for that. But you guys were traveling. That was why it wasn't Monday, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. That was the only reason is just, we didn't want to do exactly what ended up happening, which is like <laughs> launching a product thirty five thousand feet in the air.
0: <laughs> How lucky that you bought Wi Fi.
2: Well, actually, I saw this was happening right before uh the plane took off. Like I was sitting in the plane, but I was still on LTE, and so I was like, Well, I guess I'm gonna sign up for Wi Fi because like this is where I'm probably gonna be launching this.
0: So why would someone do this? Why would someone submit an unreleased product to product hunt. Who knows? <laughs> I, I I have no idea. I think.
2: Well, it's it's such a strange feeling because uh, at first I was like, "Oh, you're like ruining our launch for us," and then uh, the second time it's like, "Wait a sec, this is like a fan who's like trying to share our product." <laughs> like, wh- how could you possibly be mad about this? No, but it's so- strange
0: though because it wasn't public like this person had to know to look for it
1: yeah well here let's like back up for a second and explain like what happened so yeah, you know, we weren't planning on releasing on monday somehow the way we found out like it had somewhat become public was that um, we saw some tweets and it was like on product hunt so product hunt is this website where new products get you know submitted uh, and then they kind of get upvoted kind of like reddit um, so it's a really good way to kind of build buzz uh, about a product, but it only kind of lasts for a day. So once you kind of get on product hunt, uh, you need to kind of like respond and like open the floodgates. And and we had, um, we had kind of uh, set up the docs page on our website. It, it, there was just no link to it. So like you could get on and order a doc, um, but there was no way to kind of know that that product was there unless you were kind of looking for it and it was pretty easy to guess the url so yeah i mean i'm sure we kind of teased uh the product on our gazette on the on the friday before and so you know maybe someone kind of went hunting and found it which it wasn't that hard to find and then just you know i don't think it was malicious at all i think someone was just like oh this is cool you know
0: yeah i guess so i guess so
1: You want it to be a scandal, Mike. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I just
0: don't understand it just is strange to me. Because you had to know to look for it. It's just a it to me I just can't wrap my head around it.
1: That's all. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, hey, maybe it was someone who was just like, Man, this this really should launch on Monday. Maybe they were looking out for us. You know? <laughs> yeah, sure. Maybe they're like knew better. <laughs> so
0: how did the launch go
1: in the end? Uh what do you think, Dan? We haven't we haven't even really talked about this. Um yeah, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I think it's gone pretty
2: well. Like, the first day, I, I think it's kind of been a mixed bag. Um, the first day was pretty solid, and that was, you know, basically just our audience of, you know, email list and such. Uh, people really seemed to like it. Like, the, the feedback was almost unanimously positive. Uh, And people like the video and stuff. Uh, But then I think what Tom alluded to earlier is that once Tuesday and Wednesday rolled around, like it it was just like already off the news radar. Like it was just it was getting covered with all of the uh, the embargoes and the iOS 10 reviews and such. So it's kind of, you know, it was good that we were able to get it out Monday to uh, beat it a little bit but then it just kind of got lost so you know i think we're gonna try to continue to push to to see if we can get like kind of a secondary bump when all that stuff dies out and of course i think as the holidays approach like it's going to be a really good gift for everyone with their new you know iphones and apple watches and stuff so i think we're just going to continue to to push to make sure people are aware of it
1: and this product i, I don't know i think this product is a little bit more of like a long tail product than some of the other stuff we've done because it's it's like, uh, it's an accessory, you know, it's not a new idea, like, oh, you know, phone doc, okay, like, that's not a big deal. But I have a feeling, hopefully, if we get the right press and placement of websites and stuff, you know, when people are looking for docs, they'll just stumble upon it, right? And it'll be, it's like a cool looking doc, it's simple. So my hope is that it is kind of a, you know, longer tail sort of product and, you know, I can understand why a launch wouldn't be a complete blockbuster because it's like a lot of people already have docs, or you know, they're not looking for one at the moment. So, I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see uh, what happens. Uh, my yeah, but my hope is yeah, it can kind of be something that's like a continuing, uh, like a a little bit more of a continuing source of revenue than like a big like blockbuster launch. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, hopeful. Uh, we'll see. We'll see.
0: Well, I gotta say, I love mine. Thanks, Mike. Cool. Like I'm gonna Thanks. get another one for my desk for the just the phone. Ah, um, cool. Because I have the phone watch combo one, and I set it up today with one adorable packaging, <laughs> <laughs> like the little yeah. face. <laughs> yeah. Nailed yeah, that's it. Good. <laughs> so good. And I said this to you guys in person, which and and I um was very surprised by this, and I thought it was very interesting that there was a screwdriver in the box. Because yeah. you kind of don't need to do that, but I really love that you did.
2: I think we do need to do it.
1: Yeah, was that ever a question, Dan?
2: Yeah, the screwdriver, I don't think we ever... That was really a question, and I think the reasoning was uh, even if 98% of people like own a screwdriver, which it probably is somewhere in that number in the high 90s, like... It, people are just screwed if they don't have a screwdriver like there's no way to screw a screw in if you don't want so that was one reason the other reason is um the screws are actually quite small so if you have just kind of like a standard size screwdriver then you know that it it becomes a little bit harder to do it and then there's just the pure like convenience factor like i think what kind of you're alluding to is it's just like really nice to have it right there you don't have to hunt down your screwdriver um to put it together
1: but yeah, I mean, I think in general, you know, I mean, we, the, one of the things we really like struggled with in general was just how much assembly the user should do, like should or shouldn't do. Um, and you know, that was a real kind of like uh, debate internally. And so I think like in making it as easy as humanly possible, e- you know, even though there is assembly and kind of laying things out and having, if the, if the product's not arriving to people completely assembled, then we at least want it to arrive in a fun or nice or interesting way. And so that's why we chose to like get a die cut, you know, die cut foam and like lay everything out, kind of knoll it out and include everything. You know, like we, for instance, included like a plastic pill box that has the smaller parts in it. You know, we could have done something much cheaper. So I think like those little touches kind of, uh, make up for the fact that the user has to assemble it. Um, the other reason why it's nice for the user to assemble it is it uh, teaches them how to adjust it. So the cool thing with this dock is you can, if you get a case, it's completely adjustable, uh, to where it, it, it can fit your case. And if you, uh, if you kind of, you don't, it actually doesn't need to be perfectly adjusted for you to use it, but if you perfectly adjust it, it becomes very, very easy to kind of blindly dock your phone. Um, and so it, we thought that was really important. And so, you know, having that assembly step kind of, you know, does the teaching for us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the, screw, the screwdriver is really nice. It, it's funny, it took a while to find a screwdriver that was any good. Most of the ones you can buy are like those weird, like plastic ones that people, like, get their logo stuck on, you know? (laughs) So, but we finally found some from China. Could have got cool
0: Studio Neat branded screwdrivers.
1: We could, you know, if there was an actual cool, cheap screwdriver, we would have probably done that or done something fun with it. But there are no cool, cheap screwdrivers. (laughs) Like, they're all, like, gross. (laughs) So, so yeah, I think we landed on something pretty good. Uh, It is funny, though. I think we told you this, Mike, but, you know, when we order, like, a thousand of these screwdrivers... And they come in a box. They come in, like, a box that's, like, a little bit bigger than a shoe box, but, like, a little bit different dimensions. And it's so heavy. <laughs> it's, like, so heavy and small. It's, like, a solid chunk of metal, basically.
2: Mike, how did you how did you find the
0: assembly of the dock? So, I had the, the I guess, the more complex of the two, right? Because I had both <laughs> parts. And I actually found it to be pretty fine, like... It wasn't difficult. Mm. I wasn't frustrated with it. It went really well. The instructions were very clear. the The only thing that I found like a little tricky, because I have the plus, but I don't know if there's any other way you could do it, which is the um, when you have to flip the phone over. Mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. When you kind of had the whole thing together and you flip the phone over to like line it up, like I was just that was like trying to just hold all that together, but
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the most awkward part. So
2: that was, that was another uh, decision is, do we try to include instructions in the packaging or just kind of punt and have just direct people to a URL? Um, and basically, that decision was kind of made for us when we realized there's a ton of steps and there's kind of very specific things you need to do. And it's not hard or difficult but it's hard to succinctly describe in a small number of steps so that was another you know along with like the screwdriver thing it was like another thing we're trying to balance like simplicity but also like making it as easy as possible for the user
0: i have to say i like um a lot that the instructions are very detailed
1: Mm -hmm. mm-hmm Did you um, did you see the instructions when there were images or just a video? Uh,
0: I read images. I didn't know there was okay. a video.
1: Okay. Did you watch the video or did you use the I, images? I didn't know there was a video. Oh. There's the top thing is a video. Oh. Remember. I was just
0: reading it on my phone. Oh. I, I didn't <laughs> even see a video. <laughs>
1: yeah, we should actually
2: probably make sure... Uh, we should make that more prominent that it
1: actually is a video, like add a big watch button. On I the just display. thought you were showing me
0: a picture. <laughs> yeah. No, no there's I a video that. too.
1: But it's funny because like, you know, their our first inclination was just to only do a video. Um, And I think Casey Liss was like, you know, the video like works, but it like felt slow. So then we went and like shot some images and did written steps and, i don't know it's, it's tricky no,
0: i think it makes way more sense to have steps because i can do it at my pace rather than your pace
1: yeah it's true the only upside of the uh video is like we can elaborate and kind of have more like tips or whatever um but yeah i don't know it's it's interesting to kind of see we should try to figure out a way we if we can like track how many people do the steps versus video that might be really difficult but um Yeah, it's kind of new territory for us, and I like it. I mean, I like – this is like we had to kind of make a little help web page in general because we never really had any kind of support for, like, physical devices. So, I don't know. I'll see. But I think – Dan, have you got – I guess you wouldn't have got it yet. You haven't had any feedback from users, right, about the assembly. I'm guessing that will start happening soon. Yeah,
2: I think they're probably just now starting to receive them. I saw one guy – on Twitter seem to have got his dock already, but yeah, they're probably starting to arrive, you know, t- yesterday, today, and tomorrow.
1: We're really curious, because the the box that uh, it ships in, like the box that you received, Mike, that's just like a cardboard box with a sticker on it, that is the box it like that a shipping label is put on and goes through the mail. Oh, interesting. So, um, so there's no, like, second box that it goes in, and we, like, purposely designed it that way. The only downside is we don't know where our like shipping company will put like the shipping label <laughs> and so we're like curious or maybe it'll just be random and change all the time but uh yeah all, i'm and you know how the boxes will arrive to people how dinged up they'll get i mean we've done this with the neat ice kit and simple syrup kits or we've done this before and it seemed to work really well but um,
0: it seems like everything inside of there is solid enough that like no, yeah, nothing. If it gets bashed around. nothing's going to get broken
1: yeah nothing's going to break it's just you know like how dirty or weird the box will get but yeah, so we'll see. I think it's. Uh, I'm glad it's finally out there. It's been kind of a really long labor. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we actually had. Uh, I don't know. Did we? I don't know if we've gone into it on the show, but like, it feels like God does not want us to make this dock because we, we, we. Let's see. Uh, it's the the problem has always been the wood parts, like the wood base, and. We had two suppliers like pull out like after we had like they'd given us samples and like we've done quotes and POs and they're like, you know, in production, they just like decide they can't make it. Uh, And then we finally had someone local here in Austin who's making them and a couple like I guess like a month or so ago. Uh, like midway through production Like his shop got struck by lightning And it like fried everything Wow! Like, n- there there's no fire but it fried all the electronics And the CNC and stuff that's making the dock So it was just like another Like what? Like when we got that email It's just like sh- should we not release these? Like wh- why is the world conspiring Against us? <laughs> so it's been a super long road To kind of get these out the door uh, But you know Finally Finally, we arrived.
0: I think from a fit-and-finish perspective, this is my favorite of your products.
1: Hmm. It just cool. looks
0: so good. Yeah. I th- like, it's on my bed table now, and it just looks really nice.
1: It's definitely our my favorite product photos we've taken. I think it's partially because we kind of a little bit upped our game with some of the equipment we used, but... Um, yeah, yeah, there's something really nice. I mean, I personally it's not for everyone, but I personally love the look of cork and cork and walnut mixed together, I think, is a really nice thing. Especially this molded cork, I think is really cool. So I'm ha- yeah, I'm really happy about it. I mean, you know, that's kind of one of the big sells of a dock like this is, you know, if you like how it looks. So, you know, it's definitely an opinionated design. It's probably not for everyone. But um but yeah, and it's really interesting to see because we are hand uh We are actually assembling all these in-house in terms of putting them in the packaging and checking all them and stuff. So it's really interesting to see the variation of wood um, in the walnut Uh, because, you know, it really changes. It's like some of them have like a knot in them that's really cool, like a a really dark knot. I don't know. So it's a fun.
2: Yeah. And and some of them we even reject uh, because they're so light that they don't even look like walnut anymore, uh, which is kind of a strange quality of of, you know, real solid natural walnut is like the color
0: variance, as you were saying, mm. is pretty dramatic. And you just think that people would get it and expect it to look a different way? Yeah. And there's nothing yeah, wrong yeah. with it. It just doesn't look like the color of walnut. Exactly. Yeah.
1: It looks like closer to like a maple or something. It, like you would, Mike, I would show you a piece of wood and you ever think it's walnut? Because walnut, there's, there's sapwood and heartwood. And sapwood is the wood that's kind of um, younger. It's like on the more exterior of. Uh, Like the tree and it's like i mean it's almost like pine or something it's like really light in, in terms of color um and then as you get towards the center of the tree the the color kind of dramatically changes to the kind of chocolatey color you used to with walnut um and so yeah like you know what our uh william the guy who makes the docks you know he has to sort through the wood and like find uh you know the pieces that are like heartwood and not sapwood and then and that's a very common thing like in the industry um, to do. So, yeah, it's kind of kooky uh, how manual some of that stuff is. But um, it also means, you know, we have, you know, really fun, like unique uh, kind of different parts that are coming out. You know, they're all different. So it's fun. And the, and the, um, the cork is from Portugal. Uh, and I, I don't know if you know much about cork, but the way cork is it, like it's such an awesome material. It's so crazy. It's like super sustainable. Um, Because cork is actually the bark of a tree, but the tree sheds the bark, like, on purpose. And so um, the way they, like, harvest cork is they get these trees and they, like, cut the – kind of strip the bark off the tree. And it comes off and it's usually, like, I guess, like, two or three inches thick, this piece of uh, bark. And that's actually – the first thing they do is they make wine corks out of it. So they just kind of punch cylinders out Mm – And that cylinder you get from a natural wine cork is like literally just like the cork tree. They just like punched out like a a cylinder of it. And so then they have a bunch of scrap cork left that's like, you know, a bunch of holes in it. And they grind that up into this kind of sand-like material that's just small little cork particles. And then with uh, heat and pressure uh, in a mold, they kind of mold the cork into what we're using, um, and it's like really really cool because it's completely monolithic like it's you know solid all the way through of like this little kind of sand cork particle and then it's really has a super nice finish on it when it comes out of the mold because the cork kind of adheres to itself and you know the cool thing is like you can just like you know it's completely recyclable sustainable it's a it's made from a byproduct but almost all of this work is done in Portugal because that's where the cork trees grow. So, anyways, cork is like a super f- crazy fun material. Um, and I'm really glad we have got to, like, use it for the first time uh, in this, in this docs.
0: Yeah, it's funny as well, like, looking at this product, looking at previous products that you've made, um, about, like, looking at different materials and how they found their way in. You know, like, cork mm-hmm. was a big part of Obi's design. Uh, the the micro-suction stuff from the remote stand... You know, it's it's fun to see.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, oh, and the, the other weird thing with this product is we're the little plastic white thing um, that's like the cable clamp is actually 3D printed. Um, and so we decided to use a 3D printed part, um, in, like in in this product. Oh um, right,
0: yeah, I wondered about that.
1: Yeah, and it's it's for a couple of reasons. One, you know, we didn't know what the like scale or quantities would be of these docks, and so. It, Uh, you know, doing injection molding would be a little bit more risky because, you know, it wouldn't really start to pay off until we were making thousands and thousands of them. Um, And then the other thing was the geometry we wanted was just difficult to 3D print in general. Um, So we decided to just...
2: Difficult to injection mold, Oh, sorry.
1: Yeah, difficult to injection mold. Um, And so, yeah, we decided just to do uh, like a 3D print. And, you know, they're kind of expensive to make, but it's really nice because we can tweak the design and they're kind of on demand. You know, I think if, I don't know if we would switch to injection molding at some point if, if you know, this product continued to be popular. But that's another kind of weird, kooky thing uh, to have a 3D printed part uh, in in a, in, a, in a final product. So that's kind of fun. Um, we're not printing them. They're made with a really fancy uh, selective laser stintering uh, machine but uh but in general it's pretty cool i actually just got another shipment of them like a bag of like a thousand and <laughs> this big white bag of <laughs> 3d printed parts kind of crazy
2: yeah i mean i think the reason we're also totally comfortable using a 3d printed part which you know the the fit and finish typically isn't up to production standards is just like it's hidden like it's it's underneath the dock. You don't see it or really interact or it beyond that first adjustment period. So uh, it's like a perfect use case for using a 3D printed part like in a final production product.
1: I think the other compromise we ended up making was about the cable. So if we had our way, we would have included a lightning cable in the box with the dock. Um, and we would really like to do that, but there's a couple of problems. One, if Uh, we, we tried to include like an official Apple cable. That's like way too expensive because they're very expensive cables. So, um, but we also wanted people to be able to use an official Apple cable. So what that meant because of like the way the cable fits into the dock is we needed a cable that was like extremely similar to the official Apple cable and so, you know, we went on to Alibaba in search of, like, basically a copy Apple cable to see if we could include. Um, and that leads you into a really skeezy, gross world uh, <laughs> where, you know, I think we probably got samples from, like, four or five places um, that had, like, obviously tried to make a perfect counterfeit Apple cable. And some of them were so good uh, in terms of the way they looked and the way they felt, like... There was a couple of cables that we got where you cannot tell that it's like a fake cable. And even they have a little laser etched, you know, d- uh, made by Apple in California with like the, the serial <laughs> number, like etched into the cable like the official ones do. Like they went all the way except for the fact that they're crappy on the inside. So, you know, we went through a while of like testing these cables, you know, with our own. Phones and they would just like flake out intermittently and just like break and do all kinds of stuff. So it was really interesting because you know we kept trying to. And these cables cost like a dollar fifty or like a dollar for like a six foot lightning cable that looks exactly like Apple's except it's just crappier, like crap. (laughs) Um, And so you know we went through this whole thing of trying to find a third party cable that we could include, but we never found anything that was any good. Um, And so we just decided to, you know, that people had lightning cables and that they, you know, it's better to have like a a nice working one that we know is going to be rock solid than try to like have the convenience of including one that, you know, will probably break or whatever. So that was like a really interesting uh, world (laughs) of finding these cables that, you know, are like basically perfect copies.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I remember for a time we were like, are these hot like are these just stolen apple cables yeah. like fr- like straight from the factory or something cuz it was such a convincing duplication uh but then yeah as you said you know we would just kind of user test them just in our just kind of replace the cables we'd been using in our daily lives with these and you know like the sheathing would slide off eventually or they would just like crap out you know after a few days or weeks or whatever so it was it became pretty easy to make the decision to just not go down that path
0: yeah i i think at the end of the day all of your customers have the cables
1: yeah i think so but it was just you know it would be nice it would just be nice to include one
2: we actually sent uh a survey out uh i think it was part of our uh gazette and then we might have asked on twitter as well but we just set up a little survey That was basically asking, you know, what do you use to charge your iPhone? Like, do you use official Apple cable? Is it a third-party one? If it is third-party, you know, what is it Amazon Basics or what are are you using Monoprice? And, uh, yeah, the overwhelming majority was official Apple cable. So, that, you know, gave us some
0: confidence that, you know, we could move forward with not including a cable. Now, one of my favorite things about the product introduction is the video, which... (laughs) I mean, you guys sent me this video a couple of weeks ago and I basically screamed for, like, two minutes. This thing is hilarious to me. And, I and, like, on so many levels, I can't believe that you made it. Yeah. Right?
1: So, I have to say, this is, like, all Dan. Like, all Dan. If you
0: haven't seen this video, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Just pause the show right now and
1: go and watch it. Yeah, it, if you're any sort of... I mean, we. This video is for Apple fans and people who follow Apple. I mean, like, there are so. It is like in, in typical Provo style. It is like chock full of little in jokes and and little tweaks that if you're like a, you know, if you're like a Mike Curley or anyone who's like an Apple, you know, fan. Uh, it's it. There's just like tons of little Easter eggs and stuff. Uh, but Dan, do you want to describe? Uh, the, I mean, do you want to describe anything about it? Your motivations how long it took your muse kind of <laughs> uh, <laughs> hmm uh well yeah it,
2: uh yeah where do i start i mean basically i wanted to do something a little different with this product video like it's you know any time we release a new product it's an opportunity to have a cool product video and we we have a certain uh pattern uh for a lot of our videos which is basically like uh, an Adam Lissiger voiceover with, you know, some music and then either like a stop motion uh, video or just kind of like well shot and clear footage demonstrating how to use the product. So t- we totally could have gone down that path for this video, but I wanted to challenge myself to like, you know, can we do something a little funny or interesting or something that could, that could potentially just help the marketing of it by being, you know, an interesting thing to share in and of itself Um, so uh, you know I I don't know where exactly the origin of this idea came from but um, I think originally you know there's lots of different ideas one idea was to do like I remember one idea was uh, I don't know how to describe this. I Conan O'Brien does it a lot. And it's like a thing where you just have like a still image of a person, but like their mouth is moving in a really creepy way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, it was like, we could do something like that with like Johnny Ive where like, he's like introducing it and it's just like really creepy and weird looking. So there's a lot <laughs> of like bad ideas in the realm of like kind of joke, jokingly make it seem like an Apple thing. Um. And so, you know, the nat- the natural place where that eventually led is just, you know, make it like a, uh, you know, a product introduction video. So I just did a te- I did a quick test where I just said, you know, I did like basically a sentence as a supercut to see if it even work as a proof of concept. And it was like funny and it and it was intelligible. Like it, it- you could actually understand what was being said, even though it was all chopped up. Um, so once we had that, it was like, okay, I guess we're making this now. And then thus began like the very arduous process of putting this thing together. How
0: long did it take?
2: In terms of hours, I really couldn't say, um, like how did you even
0: find the words?
2: Yeah. So that I can explain that basically I, I decided I, uh, this was going to be like a post I was only going to use like post Steve jobs keynotes uh, for a couple of reasons. One is that there is like a consistency uh, with the presenters and like kind of the format and style. And then also just the quality is higher in the video. Like you can find basically all of those in HD. So like it would kind of look the same and blend seamlessly. So once I made that decision, it kind of narrowed the keynotes I'd have to look at, which basically went back to, you know, 2011 and so I, fa- the first thing I did was found all of the transcripts for all oh. of those keynotes and I color coordinated them for who was speaking. Uh, Cause I knew I wanted, I wanted it to be, you know, basically like a real keynote where it's like Tim, Tim cook intro. Then he passes it to Phil. Phil shows a video of Johnny Ive. Then Phil, you know, finishes explaining it and then passes it off to Tim, the to close it off. So I basically only needed to have transcripts for the, the Tim and Phil bits. Uh, So I color coded all that. And then what really helped is like, I didn't write a a script because that would have been too kind of restrictive of like having to cut word by word. So I would kind of scan the transcripts and look for phrases I could use uh, that were kind of more general And so it was kind of a combination of that. And then, um, you know, actually in certain, in certain instances, I would have to cut word by word, but, uh, yeah, I was just kind of like watching a lot and reading a lot of the transcripts to find moments that could be like cobbled together to form like a coherent story of this product.
0: It's a masterpiece. (laughs) Like that's a bit much, but I thank you. I cut, I like, I just, I just, it seems like such a hard thing to put together and it's done so well to the point that like it sounds like at one point like Phil Schiller is literally introducing your product Yeah. (laughs) Uh, what is the point where he says from the something what what does he say like there's a moment where he's like introducing it's from you guys and he says something that's really funny oh well Tim says uh, like from a terrific company yeah Uh,
2: yeah We are terrific. You are. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things uh, that I've learned about myself is I really, I get a real kick out of like super tedious things, uh, which I guess most people don't, but there are like a lot of projects I would do in college and stuff that were like almost meditative and just like how like laborious and tedious, tedious they could be and how kind of, you have to have like a fine tuned attention to detail and, and it's very kind of working on a micro level is, is something I really enjoy. So this, yeah, the video was basically like a, a a dream project for me (laughs) just getting to like dive in and, and be very fussy with the details.
0: I have to say there is a part of me that cannot believe that this video still exists.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's only been a couple of days. I'm sure if Apple, you know, it probably takes a couple of days for their lawyers to get warmed up or whatever if they were gonna do something about it. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we still got like a takedown notice or whatever. So, um you might be listening to this podcast and the video's gone. But uh yeah, I don't know. I mean it's it's so tricky to think about like if like if I was, you know, in Apple's shoes, because like, like they are totally like they could it's not ridiculous for them to, like, give us a takedown notice. We're like, using their footage to, like, sell a product, right? Yeah, but I
0: actually think that their opening kind of slide says you can't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: well, yeah, I mean, you know. But uh, also, though, it's, like, so obviously, like, a fan-made video for people who are, like, fans. Yeah. That it f- it feels like something that's totally okay. It, you know, feels almost fair, fair use-y. Like, if we weren't selling a product with it... I feel like it would, you know, I'm not a lawyer, but it seems like way, like more possibly be like fair use kind of. So it feels like something that's just like tongue firmly in cheek. It's like fun. Uh, You know, there's, you know, it's everyone gets it. It's like mostly fun. Uh, And so I don't know, who knows, like who knows what's going to happen, but you know, it was worth a shot for sure. Um, yeah,
2: and and, I, uh, I'm I'm kind of more of the opinion that they are they're absolutely within their rights to uh, to have the video taken down. Uh, but I think it would. I'm curious if they would do that because, in my opinion, that would potentially be way more damaging uh, from a PR perspective than just like letting it be. You know, it's like they have to make the decision as like do we want to be like a wet blanket and follow like the letter of the law? Or do we like understand that this is a fun thing and it's like, <laughs> you know, not a huge deal that they're using our, you know, copyrighted video footage. Um, so we're not, some, uh, we're not
1: Samsung, you know, like we're not, you yeah, know, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I wonder, yeah, I, I'd very, I'd be very curious if anyone over there has actually seen it. And if there's, you know, if, if, what the discussion would be about that because I hope it would just be like this is a like waste of time to even bother like going
0: after this. Well, it would be the first yeah. time, you know, and yeah. we'll do weird things like this sometimes. But yeah. I think oh, yeah, the fact sure. that you're okay as of today probably says you're going to be okay. I reckon,
1: yeah, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, who knows? But you know, it's it's fun. I'm glad to do that. I, you know, even if I mean, it's, the thing that's funny is like. You know, even if it we knew that even if it was only for the launch in like a couple of days, like it would still be worth doing because, you know, it it's it is like a virally kind of video thing. So it's like, you know, it's like worthwhile and like, you know, Dan, it's like like Dan, like making it and it was fun that it exists. And the only thing that I'll be sad about, like if we get a takedown, is just like. We won't have a good place for it to be. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it'd be a shame for it to, like, not be seen in perpetuity, right? Just, like, as a funny, fun thing. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, In a way, like,
0: if you, they get taken down, it's kind of a cool thing in and of itself.
1: Yeah, who knows, right? Like, who knows what that will lead to. So, yeah, you know, and, and if it does, we'll just, we'll figure out something else. So, it's cool. A, it's mostly fun
0: anyways. A video of Dan... Oh, thumbs up, you know. (laughs) I like this.
1: Yeah, that's
2: that's the problem is, like, if it gets taken down, we'll have to make another video, which would be kind of a bummer.
1: It's true. It's true. Well, you know, we're kings of media anyways. We actually uh, just yesterday posted our first Instagram photo on our Instagram account. Can you believe it? We're modern, modern content creators. It's funny because we... We had like 300 followers on Instagram, and I never posted anything. And uh, I was like, "This is dumb. We should just do this." So I, I have made a pact with myself to, um, to post something at least, you know, once a day. And uh, I don't know. I have a lot of fun ideas for stuff to do. I think it's mostly going to be like, the kind of behind the scenes process, prototyping stuff. Not necessarily like slick product shots, but more kind of uh in the in the kind of spirit of the gazette just kind of behind yep. the scenes stuff so
0: i think that the company that makes uh camera accessories should use instagram yeah,
1: yeah. you know the what's so Probably. tricky though is like the thing you would expect or like what all like camera accessory companies do is they like post just a bunch of really fancy photos on there and you know dan and i you know, we're not like traveling the world and like taking all these awesome photos, right? Sure. And so it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to like get that content uh, in a reliable way. Um, but it does but feel
0: nice to have some stuff which is just like this is what yeah. the glyph can do.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know how that would mix would play out and who knows, but at least at the beginning, uh it's fun to kind of have some behind the scenes stuff, I think. So, we'll see. So, if you're listening to this podcast, uh follow our Instagram account, Studio Neat, and there'll be all kinds of neat stuff maybe.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think the main reason we never used it before is there was, no, there was no way to switch accounts easily in Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a feature that they added somewhat recently. Uh, so that's why the account was kind of sitting there gaining, uh, you know, new followers every so often, but there are no posts because it was like a pain in the ass to log out and then log back in again.
0: Talking about being media professionals, you were featured in a iphone camera review by austin Mann. austin Mann gets iphones in advance every year now and he goes to a fancy place somewhere and takes some beautiful photography to show how good the, the cameras are but when you go to the page there is like a there's a video um and the first scene like still of the video like the um the title still there is a glyph right there the new glyph a battered and beaten glyph yeah <laughs> what's the story here
1: it's mostly a, like a not great looking, but working well prototype. <laughs> um, yeah. So the story is we actually talked with Austin months ago when we were thinking about making a new glyph just to kind of see what he had thought. Um, and, uh, you know, we'd kind of met with him a couple times and, you know, after the Kickstarter and stuff, he contacted us like, Hey, you know, I think this looks like could be really good. Can you like you know, send me some prototypes. So I can check it out because I might be interested in using it in my review or whatever. Um, and then, you know, we had some conversations after he checked them out and he really liked them. And, um, yeah, we decided that we were going to be a sponsor on his like for his review. And, um, and you know, he would use it in the review. But it's, it's tricky because he only uses stuff that he likes what like he only endorses stuff that he actually uses. So it was kind of this weird thing of like chicken and the egg, like, you know, uh, we only want to be a sponsor and he only wants a sponsor if he's actually using the glyph. Um, you know, and not kind of have this like weird fake sponsorship. So, yeah, so he we we made like six prototypes for him and sent him uh them and he's using them uh, like on his review and while he's shooting traveling, which is like crazy. Uh and so that's really cool. Um, and so, yeah, we don't know exactly where all that's going to lead, but like he's someone who shares our sensibilities about like what we think the glyph should be and like other mobile accessories. So he's kind of, you know, becoming somewhat of like an advisor uh, and who knows if we're going to work, you know, more in the future on stuff with him. But yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it's also like super nerve wracking. It's just like, you know, cause those are like prototypes and it's just like, uh, he says they're great. They're working great, but it's just like, you're walking with your phone and there's gorillas around (laughs) and they're just like on a glyph and you know, all this stuff. So it's cool. I mean, it's really cool. Uh, so we'll see what happens there.
0: At least, you know, it fits. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Know it (laughs) for sure.
0: You know, for sure now (laughs) (laughs) because someone's already using
1: it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's embarrassing to me that the, those prototypes like, you know, I tried to make them look pretty good, but they're like printed off the maker bot and then sanded and stuff. So they just like, don't look good. And, but uh but man, i man you should have put okay.
0: some sick branding on them you know <laughs> yeah, like the url <laughs> flames <laughs> just like tom says hi or something on the side <laughs> of <those laughs> things
1: it's, it's true but yeah cool stuff
0: it is very cool actually like it's it's very yeah. cool
1: i'm ex- yeah we're excited to see where all that's going it's it's definitely new waters for us um so yeah we'll see and we you know part of the deal is we we can use some of the the stuff he's making um oh wow yeah so we'll see there's something to put on the instagram account yeah yeah exactly there you go
0: neither you don't need to go anywhere just send austin that's
1: that's right (laughs) yeah it's cheap enough i'm sure
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's no big deal thoroughly considered as a joint production between studio neat and relay fm you can find out more about this episode by going to relay.fm slash tc slash 18 and you can also find out more about the material doc by going to studioneat.com we'll be back next time